Hi, I'm Michael Croker. Welcome to Park Life. Paul Howlett has spent a little over three decades in and around audiovisual production within Warner Brothers Movie World. After 30 plus years, his inquiring mind and passion for the park shows no signs of waning. We sat and talked through some of his story to date. If you're enjoying the podcast and our regular deep dive into the theme park and attractions industry, be sure to rate, review and share. It all helps in spreading the word. All right, settle in and get to know Paul Howlett. I worked in the audio visual department and I look after the Roxy 4D Theatre as well as any other audio with uh, like QSIS and Main Street um, yeah, and the park audio. So when we say something like QSIS, for those that don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's effectively a, an audio distribution system, isn't it, for yes. the park? Yes, correct, yes. Yeah, and ensures that we have coverage of sound and soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack throughout yeah, the park. Yeah. Yeah. How many years working in the business? This year, as of March, it was 31 years. Wow. Yeah, started in uh, the 7th of March, 1991. So, yeah, just, just over yeah, 31 years now. If we go back to 1991, the park hadn't, or was it, just breaking earth then? Yes. So what, yeah. what, then what led you to even look at that job? What were you doing before that moment? What kind uh, of work were you in? I was working uh, with uh, a guy called Mike McHugh Sound Services and uh, we were installing sound systems and projectors into pubs and nightclubs and all that. So uh, that was all happening and uh, and then he did a big resort up at Port Douglas up in the uh, northern part of Queensland and uh, that went um, broke belly up and uh, so he was out of pocket by about $40,000 and I thought, uh-oh, uh, that's not going to be good for me and sure enough he um, uh, made me redundant and but well, we were good mates we always played indoor cricket together yeah. and he never wanted to ever do that to me but in the meantime I got to know a guy called Nigel Edwards who was working with he was a technician audiovisual technician and he was with us for a month we clicked got along great guns he said there's not enough work here for me look I'll leave uh, so you don't have to pay me and I'll find something else yeah. And he knew a guy called Ken Spiller, who, which was um, the architect over at SeaWorld at the time. And um, he says, look, we're going to be building a park called Warner Brothers Movie World. So, um, so Nigel was put on here, uh, just as all the construction started happening, all the buildings were already up, and they were just about ready to start running cables and putting speakers in buildings and all that. Uh, so he started here. Uh, I was out of work, sitting home, trying to find a job, and he said to me, uh, uh, could you come down to Movie World and see me? And I hung up in his ear, I didn't even say nothing, I hung up in his ear in the car, and I was down here at the security gatehouse, and he walked out of admin here to me and uh, and just laughed. He said, no one's ever done that, no goodbye, nothing, you're in the car down here that quick. That's great. So uh, then he worked me down to the workshop that I'm currently in, 31 years later, introduced me to all the Americans and so uh, in, in that space when we talk about the yep. Americans can we yep. put that into, into perspective so Movie World was being constructed at Oxenford on the Gold Coast yes and the American contingent that were, were coming out here what were they a part of? Were they were they part of a business? Oh yes they were the, the, the company name was ETI Edwards right. Technology um, 
Incorporated, sorry. And they were based in Florida. And they were here in a consultative capacity, were they? Yes, yes. And kind of directing on how to go about doing electrical infrastructure. Yes, and, and all the audio visual uh, that was in the park right. uh, at that stage. A guy called Rolf Roth, he was a project manager from Warner Brothers, uh, and this was their first park. We were the guinea pig oh, really? of Warner Brothers, yes, yes. So, uh, and Rolf Roth worked with, um, oh, I hope I get his name, C.V. Woods, who worked with Walt Disney himself building his parks. Wow. So I got to meet C.V. Woods as well when we were doing the audio check in Main Street. Did and they he's share? a legend. Yeah, I bet. Did he share stories? Uh, I didn't personally get to talk to him much because he was always with um, um, Rolf Roth going around, look, now I want this change, I want that done, it's got to look something like Disney, uh, because he was, that's what he had in his mind yeah. uh, of how he wanted things, seeing this was Warner Brothers' first park outside the States. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting. There's a plaque actually up on the Bonnie and Clyde Bank uh, dedicated to C.V. Woods. Right. He died... Uh, I think it was about six months after we opened the park, he, right. he, he passed away uh, back in the States. But he was a legend as Walt, he knew Walt Disney and helped him with his parks, Disneyland, Disney World. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah it must have been a, an exciting time on the coast. It was. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty big. It was getting around just the media alone. All the local Channel 7, 9, it was interstate, you know, Warner Brothers movie, massive park and state-of-the-art um, yeah. technology was going into it at the time for 1991. If, so, if, um, if I could ask you, what was the biggest install challenge you can remember just with this, that a project like that with so many moving parts? What area were you specifically looking after and then what were some of your biggest obstacles? Okay, well, the first big job we did was movie magic um, and that was the blue screen effect the Foley stage, and then the Memphis Bell. Okay, that was the bit, the first big project we had to do was hang up screens, hang up projectors, and, um, and listen to the Americans of how to do it and all that sort of stuff. This was all new to us, a theme park. And then we opened with two rides, the Turn Ride, which is now Junior Driving School, and uh, the Gremlins Great Adventure, and that's now a Scooby-Doo. So what, what was the opening day and opening year? Ah, uh, okay. First of all, we had a soft opening on the 1st of June, 1991. And we had we had the Prime Minister here, we had all the Premiers of all the states here. Uh, we had more bodyguards than the President of the United States did that day here. Yeah. Because we also had um, Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood, Goldie Horn, Kurt Russell, uh, all here on that VIP day. We had 5,000 VIP guests. Uh, from Queensland, New South Wales, all come in uh, on that day, and that was that was a huge day. I can imagine, yeah. and I, d I didn't mean to to jump you too far into the future, because that yeah. we will certainly get to that launch. But if I can go back, when you're in that that breaking earth stage, and you're installing what would become the movie magic attraction, and with the Foley stage, the blue screen technology, mm. that big learning curve for you did you did you find that a challenge that you welcomed? Was it frustrating? Was it were there moments where you just thought, this is too much, or did you find oh, it? Oh, no, I welcomed it. I, right. I was all excited about learning something totally new than just 
uh, you know, and so installing an amplifier and a couple of speakers in a, a lounge bar or in a nightclub, this was a big challenge and it was, wasn't just movie magic, it was Gremlins uh, ride putting that together and the tune ride, that was mammoth with all the artificial rock work and getting the speakers in. And, um, but no, I, I, it didn't frustrate me, I really enjoyed it. I was so I was really excited about doing it. It was something totally different, yeah. and I was learning all the time. And then I, I'm still learning 31 years later now with all the new stuff coming from the day I started. You now that's all old stuff now compared to what I'm um, learning now with QSS, uh, they call the main audio system. Back when we opened, we had a, an Apple Mac computer. It was like a, a microwave oven with half a dozen CDs in that. We'd pick out the track, slide them down, mm. and play them. Uh, compared to now, the QSS call that we got, um, it does everything and more. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's fascinating seeing the changes in technology I I've bet. seen in my lifetime being here. Yeah, because so yeah. you were at the very early stages of digital yes. coming in yes, to exactly. the rapid transformation, you know, analog being left behind. Yes, and, yes, and, definitely. And the digital transformation. Yeah. Were you working with a big team when you were on this job? Oh, yes, definitely. With uh, We had five Americans and then we had about... Um, I think there was 10, 10 Sparkies right. that knew a, a little bit about audio visual installing the speakers and um, and all the electrical work that had to go and put you know, PowerPoints up to the projectors. And there were three gun projectors back then, red, green, blue, massive projectors. Compared to now, we've got lasers and they're you know, about the size of a, a cake um, tin thing. And yeah. The pictures is unbelievable compared to these huge projectors and I'll learn how to change the, the CRTs in them and align them and Excuse my ignorance, what's a CRT? Oh, cathode ray tube. Okay, right. and it's red, green, blue, which gotcha. makes up the 16 million colours for your TV set. Um, and that's the same with LEDs that you buy at home now. So um, it's all red, green, blue. But yeah, so it's just amazing how technology keeps changing. And that's what's good being here, where you, we're buying the latest technology all the time, yes, and keeping it all up to date. And it makes the for the operators here easy to use, and um, yeah, it's just great. What about Simples. when you get to attractions, iconic attractions for Movie World, like the Roxy Theatre, and mm. I think Marvin in 3D was the first attraction or film in that venue. Is that right? Yes, yes. When you get to a a venue like that, which is a signature attraction for Movie World. Yes. What was the setup for that like? Because I imagine that would have been all new technology for you as well. Oh, the, yes. the motion-based seats in the theatre, yes. talking to what's happening out of the main control to the screen with the sound. Can yes. you tell us a bit about the Roxy? Yes, okay. The Roxy originally had the seats, the still seats, and we never had any effects for the first, um, I think it was the first year. Um, and those seats were the old Sundale Theatre that used to be really? down there on the Broadwater. In Southport? Yeah, yeah, in Southport. So they were That's fixed it. seats? Yeah, they were fixed seats. And then our first movie was Marvin, uh, where we used uh, an effect, a water effect when um, one of the characters, oh no, Duffy, I think, is spraying them with water and they all grabbed to big, be big Martians. We had copper pipe up on the ceiling. And that was the only effect we had when he squirted <laughs> the water out and just let down a little bit of water on the public. <laughs> yeah. Until we went to um, Shrek 4D. That was our first big one when FX Illusions, they do a lot of effects for the movies over in the studios. 
they come up with an idea with one of our techs at the time to make the seats move up, down, forward, back. Emotion based. Yeah, yeah, like emotion based, done with air and water. Uh, that's how the seats move up, down, forward, but it was a lot of air. And, uh, and we did truck and that stayed there for I think it was five years we ran that for right. uh, Shrek before was, we changed over. What was that experience like with Roxy and all that new technology, the innovation that was being developed by FX Illusions? What was that experience like for you as a learning curve? Yeah, that that was mind blowing. That took over a month, two months. Uh, the theatre was down to put that all in because they had to cut out concrete down the middle of the theatre to get the main water and the air pipes down there. Mm. Then they split them up into all the rows of seats and yeah that took a long time i uh, know to um, get the air into the seats the, the neck tickle the leg tickle the little rubber hose uh, and then the sprit in front of you from the seat headrest in front to the seat rumble there's a 12 inch uh, driver sitting in the back of the seat that gives you that rumble effect mm. and uh yeah it, it was it was mind-blowing how uh, how that all came together but it was just Great job by FX Illusions. They came up with the idea, and uh, our technician Charlie Castles he came up with the program, the code to write, make everything move. Right. Uh, yeah, he came up with all that. So uh, then we sat down and uh, him and I and programmed the first mo actual motion seat movements. And can you describe that process for people that don't know? When you're sitting down with someone and you're doing that, what what is that process? Oh, the process is uh, the movie, we had to ask for uh, a time code uh, on the movie, okay? And then with the, our PLC, the Program Logic Control Computer, we'd tell it on a minute, second, and a frame when we want the seat to move, and the time code would tell a series of relays up in the booth there that make the seat all move, it make the seat, seat go up, down, forward, back. Right. So it's a matter of sitting down, watching the movie. For instance, uh, to do one minute could take one hour of programming. Wow. Uh, it's very, very slow, painful process, but, but it's good to see your product in the end, especially when uh, the public come in and sit down on a, quite a few of them at the end of it they all yahooing and clapping that gives you a really good feeling uh that hey well, i did a good job we did a good job we programmed it right yeah. and no we haven't hurt anyone but they just enjoyed it so much they'll go back out and they'll come around again yeah uh, to watch yeah. it and that's a good feeling that's all i wanted to ask you about did yeah you were obviously passionate enough about the work yes you, you knew the payoff was the guest experience yes Exactly. And how they felt. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. When they hear them yahooing and whistling and they're all clapping at the end. That's a really good feeling for yeah. for us. Now, when you're spending so much time, we could take up to over a week it would take. This is working all day on it. Yeah. Not just a little bit in the morning. It's 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 working over a week, two weeks uh, to do Shrek. It took that took a while. It's meticulous, yeah. Yes. And, and a very sore back for me, <laughs> getting thumped in the back all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're trial and testing it yes. as it's going. Yeah, you got to you got to sit in the seat and feel it uh, when the program is making it move forward. No, that's too late. I want it to go a couple of frames earlier right. or a couple of frames later to get that effect dead on. Yeah. So when it happens in the movie and you're seeing it in 3D, uh, you feel it at the same time. Yeah. It makes you feel like you are there. That's the whole idea of the fourth dimension. Did that? Feel whole experience of those early years with Movie World coming from your background drive home to you how key sound and vision can be to storytelling. Yes. Because I imagine before Movie World, 
that was not how you saw sound or heard sound. No, no, no. It was just um, background music in a restaurant or you're just playing music in a nightclub. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's it. Well, now uh, this it's is storytelling. Just, yeah, it's storytelling. Yeah. And especially with the you know, the 3D and you've got the, the 5.1 surround sound and it's just... It's just so different. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you when you see them, see it three D, four D is the motion and the surround sound. That's the whole idea to make you feel like you're there. Yeah. And that's why I still to this day, thirty one years later, people are still clapping at the end of it. It's great. Uh, it doesn't matter what we play there; yeah. they're still clapping. Woo hoo! When you hear people yeah. going, they go, "That's good." I love looking out the window, the porthole, and seeing yeah. that. I, Thanks, guys. Makes me feel good. Did, did you have a mentor in those early years coming into the park? Was there mentorship or guidance from anyone around you? Uh, only, well, Charlie Castle. It was just Charlie Castle. Him and I clicked when he started, and um, he uh, showed me a lot and taught me a lot. I will always say that about Charlie. We still keep in contact to this day. He's no longer here at Movie World, but uh, we still keep in. And he was a... Great inspiration to, you know, to teach me and show me stuff. What uh, was his What was his key strengths? What was he? What were his uh, disciplines? He was the main programmer for oh. uh, Duraya PLC's Ellen Bradley, or they call Rockwell now, yeah. uh, that pro, that control all the major rides uh, in the park. So uh, that was his main thing. But he was also uh, an audio visual technician. Uh, the, the seven years at TAF to do all that. So yeah. and he was a, he was a great technician. That's for sure. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, a good guy to learn off. Definitely a great guy to learn off. Yeah, mentorship seems to be a big part of people's career paths if they've had longevity. They've yes. had the right people around them at the right time. Yes. You and I were talking, we talked quite a bit about people that have had impact on us. I know that yeah. we can't talk about this whole process and not talk about the impact of, you mentioned Ken Spiller before. Yeah. And then Jolene, his daughter, has done a Park Life episode for people that are listening. Okay. She mentions a little bit of her dad's background. But there was a, a super team of people in that era creating all this kind of magic. You had Ken Spiller from an, uh, an architectural design perspective. Yep. Um, and his engineering smarts as well. And then, of yep. course, John Menzies. Uh, yep. you, you can't talk about any of this without touching on John. Oh, definitely John. Um, yeah. He was, when I came in 2005, he was CEO. Mm. And I imagine that was the same role he had when you were working with yes, him. Yes, yes, definitely. Know, in the, in the, the early 90s. days in 91, definitely. And yeah, he got to know me over the series of maybe not the construction days. It was once the park opened, he saw me face, you know, and actually when the park was getting built, and then said, oh, Paul, I want to have a look at this audio. I think this needs adjusting. And John always had a good eye for detail that looked good, looked nice or something, and mm. he'd want that changed. Mm. And yeah, he he was inspiration too of how the park de- park should look to the public. I, I remember being in Disney in Florida with him, and yeah. we were—I think it might have been California Adventure. I'm not sure. Yeah. And the enthusiasm, we were over there for a, for a little while, and I'd never been to the park, and the enthusiasm he had for pointing out things, and it yes. was all about the design. Yes, and he'd say to me, "Look at the layout of this." Can you see how they've done that? That pulls your eye over to this. Yeah. That's how they keep you immersed. And yeah, the, the, he, he did have a, a great eye for detail. And yes. good ears, because obviously he knew the importance of sound and he could have an educated conversation with you about what yeah. he wanted sound to do. Yeah, 
exactly that's what he'd, he'd talk to me about about sound this is too loud and i wanted to come over here a bit more and can you do that and i said yep i can do that job and we'd go off and give it a go if we couldn't we'd tell him why and he'd understand yeah, yeah. but most of the time we did get it we'd, we'd give it a go we'd we'd uh, we'd definitely try to get it going because you can see what he wanted to do if, if uh, we can talk about from the time of your appointment with all this work starting to the launch how much time is there um from construction to when we launched on the sorry i never um, never finished saying that we opened on the 3rd of june 1991 to the public yeah the first of june was for the celebs we had here yep. the second of june okay we reset everything make sure we're ready to open on the 3rd of june 91 and we opened then uh it was three months three yeah. months of full-on work and That's five and then six seven days on the last couple of weeks yeah. we were working seven days that's a um, lightning pace. You came in kind of late in the game too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Just well, actually, no. I was here for the start of it. They're just getting everything ready. Yeah. Uh, because we had sixty-foot containers coming with all all the audio gear, right. racks and racks of amplifiers and boxes and boxes of speakers were all yeah. coming in, sitting up beside our workshop. We'd unload it and put it into the breezeway, uh, where. Um, where the girl, the office, where the girls are now, the females, uh, it was that was just full of rocks and gear, right. and then that office that they're in, that was full of gear right up to the ceiling. So you're doing like seven days. Yeah, near time. the end we're doing seven days, and yeah. um, we're getting pretty tired. But it all made it worthwhile on the first of June when, when you say good day to Mel and say good day to Clint Eastwood. Crazy. That, that was the best day of my life meeting all those celebrities. And you did get you. to meet them. I did get to meet them. Yes. Do you have a bit so, of a chat with Clint? No, not with Clint, I did, yeah. but Mel, when we were under construction, uh, when we were doing movie magic, the blue screen effect, yeah. um, he came walking in. We didn't know who it was. There was about five or six of us there just having a lunch break. And then, then I said, what do you do this? And I better go help him. And went over there. And when he got into the light, it was Mel Gibson. I went, holy shit. <laughs> G'day, Mel. <laughs> G'day, fellas. There you go. What's happening here? And we ended up talking. I showed him around the folly stage and that. And he was just on a break, he just finished doing Lethal Weapon 2 oh, when right. he came across yeah. at that stage in 91. So. And we had the Lethal Weapon attraction here. Yes, we did. With uh, the, the coaster That was the second ride we built, um, yeah. is we built Bat Ride. Um, that's where, over the other side where Tram Q was. And uh, that's where all the slabs all met and got on the vehicle yeah. to the big parade up Main Street. Can we talk a little bit about that? the attractions? Yes. You mentioned Bat Ride, and that was obviously a really cutting edge attraction of its day. Oh yes, definitely. Can, can, for those that don't know what it was, I know we were, in that time we were tapping into Batman Returns, the second Tim Burton movie. Yeah. So I think it was, it was, it was in yes. that, that universe. Yep. Can, for those that don't know, uh, tell us what that ride was and then if you could describe how did you go about doing it? All right. The Batman Adventure Ride was um, based on, yeah, the Batman movie, like you said. Yeah. And... Um, what they did is they had six motion bases and what a motion base is is a steel frame and hydraulic um, legs that were bolted to the ground that go to the motion base and it could tilt you forward, back, left, right and it could go around in circles. Each leg cost a million dollars. Come on. Okay. And then we had six motion bases and there was six legs to every motion base. Okay. And it, some of the things, it could pull um, something like three, four G when we did our first test, wow. it was very funny. On the first, then we had everyone in the seats, and, 
and it was that strong it threw everyone on the floor. It was that powerful. And we, we had to stop it, yeah, yeah, because it just threw them straight off the seat, yeah. first shot, yeah. yeah, you couldn't hang on. It was just that powerful. So you're in that period of R&D, research yes. and development, and That's right. finding where the, uh, the parameters are for safe operation. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a company called Anatech Systems, Steve McIntyre, he developed the concept, and he just constantly was programming and testing over in the States before he brought the whole thing up. This was definitely a year beforehand, because it's never been tried, even in the States. Really? Yes, okay. uh, when they brought that across, and when he fine-tuned it all, and, and he had to get the, the the motion to go exactly like the movie did in, uh, yeah, inside so, the so, motion. So for those base. that don't know, the simulation sequence was based on the flight sequence of the Batwing yes. in Batman Returns. Yes. And, and, the, and the sensation was that you're flying in the Batwing with Batman. Batman, you're helping him out. Attack yes. the Penguin. And Gotham City, yes. Yeah, and navigate yep. through Gotham. Yes. So, just to, so I can understand it, when, from the time of saying we're going to do this to the time of opening that attraction with everything you had to go through, how much time is that? Oh, that was two, two and a half months. There's so much, so much audio and other stuff for the, the walk-in music the library and then the secret panel that opened up and everyone walked in there was an animatronic batman animatronic batman that came out yeah that's in the in the main pre-show yes uh with all monitors there it made you feel like you're in the in the bat cave yeah uh we had bat bat sounds in there as well as the audio batman speaking to the animatronic speaking to you and then after that they'd walk you out then line you up put you in the motion basis but batman would tell you i need your help me to get the joker and all that sort of stuff And then that's when they'd walk you out into the motion bases. And it was, uh, I think it was a three-minute flight that right. you had. And everyone loved it. They went out and back, went back around and queued up again yeah. to get back on it. There would have been nothing like an attraction like that in, oh, in no. Australia. No, no, nothing like that in Australia at all. That was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Big, big attraction. And it, it pulled, oh, the queues were just going forever. That, yeah. that first Christmas, because we had to build a ride. Uh, because we had turns, gremlins, and we had back then we had twelve thousand in the park. They had to close the gates that first just, Christmas. Yeah, wow! It was just unbelievable amount of people uh, queuing out of the turns, and it was going down Main Street. It was Incredible. that long. Oh yeah, it was yeah. a couple of hour wait. What what attraction so, in those early years gave you the most satisfaction? Where you look back and went, "I'm really proud of that." Uh, well, definitely Batman. <laughs> definitely yeah. Batman. A lot of audio visual gear going in there, and. Um, yeah, and it just sounded great. Yeah. Just everywhere you walk, the pre-show, and then in the motion base, it was 5.1 surround sound. Uh, picture was unbelievable. We had the new laser discs that were out. That was a technology yeah. at the time. Um, so we had to look after them, and yeah, it was just, it was brilliant. Yeah. And then, then we got Lethal Weapon after that. That's when that came, right. the, the very next year. Was we had to keep building rides. Everyone kept coming to Movie World, and yeah. <laughs> that must have been an exciting period where everything's new and it's all starting, and then the business is growing at a really quick rate. It's yes, building attractions seems like it's a new attraction every one two years. Well, Americans, well, said to I think to John and Ken, you've got to do it every two years, build a ride. Right. to keep them coming back that was so the you thing don't get stale and all that and, and people go oh no that's already there it's still the same old place right. it was every two years yeah. and, and that's and that's what they tried to do um, yeah. build a ride every two two years like when we um, 
a Western action show that was outside, uh, no roof over the top. They had to put that under because the first summer, the older people were passing out. So they put a roof over it uh, to protect them. And then eventually we built that in and uh, we had the Ma uh, Maverick show. Yeah, Maverick show yeah. was in there, the Illusion show. And that was great. It was like a proper theatre. Uh, we can hold two and a half thousand yes. people. It was all lit up yeah, from, from an outdoor venue. Uh, building it all and having a massive big light show and, yeah. and lighting up the sets. It, it looked like a full on you know, Vegas show to me. Yeah. It looked spectacular. It must be there. great when you look back at your career and you see this, you walk through this park every day that you're in yeah. and you see the transformation. Do you, see, do you still see echoes of the past when you, like I know when I walk through SeaWorld because I started there as a kid, there are still certain areas that haven't changed and the smells are almost the same. Yeah. And the, the visuals are the same. And, and I can almost go straight back to being 18. Yeah. In certain work areas. Yes. Is oh, it, yes. What's it like for you? I do, I do that all, all the... I think about that all the time when this was here and when that's there. It's good seeing all these buildings that now still maintain and still look good from 91. They yeah. still look good to me. And I thought, oh, this happened here on that date. And, and especially now that you've got the parade going now, you see that... The characters, the Memphis Bell yeah. thing, and you got the police academy uh, guys on the, on the police academy show we had there. And that, that, yeah, they were great days out the, the police academy stand show. Yeah, incredible. And I think that was 17 years. You can correct me if I'm yes, wrong. Yes. It ran about that long. And I still hear people saying, Oh, when's police academy show coming still, back? Yeah, I know. They ask yeah, about that yeah. show. It was, it was a great show. It was it involved the public, and, and it was just so many good jakes and little things that happen and yeah and that I, I know that fx illusions uh did a little bit of innovation there too for that production and yes then, and with regard to i think it might have been the flip rig or flip rig yes the, that was a yeah. flip rig yeah and, and then i know we worked with them on hollywood stunt driver in the first mm. show with the fly yeah. car sequence I think. yes like yeah yeah line. yeah that was but, them turn um, the front car flies over the wall yeah and, and lands on the other side, but that's all done in, um, with arms you can't see. But yes. like, there's no one actually in the car. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't give that away. <laughs> what, what, what was your initial plan when you started here? Could you have imagined it would be three decades? Like, did you ever think, okay, I'll do this for 12 months and then I'll go back into the AV world and do domestic or retail? Like, no, no, what, Mike, what, what? I've never thought that. I've always, I've always liked it here. Believe me, a lot of people think I'm a nut staying in the one place 31 years. But no, I've always liked my job because I'm always learning. And I've, I've never, ever thought about leaving and going doing something else. Because yeah. I, I just love it here. I just I love my job here. There's always something new to do. And uh, God, it's not boring. No. <laughs> No, there's so many new technology I can play around with now, uh, updating the Roxy Theatre uh, with all the new audio system and automating everything. And I can just sit there on a touchscreen and do everything up there on my rack in the, in the booth scene. Yeah, right. Before you had to keep going down and climbing up around stuff and go to the rack room around the back and do, no, I'm about to monitor everything. So the attraction upstairs. to you has been the learning. You're yes. constantly oh, learning yes. and growing. Definitely. Definitely. If you look back, and I know I asked you this question a moment ago in a similar way, after 31 years, what's, what's the thing that gives you the greatest pride if you reflect back on your life and go, this particular project, I know you mentioned Batman before, up to that point. Mm. But if you look back after three decades, when do you remember thinking, this is as proud as I could possibly be right now? 
Well, yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's like, nothing stands out more than anything else. Right now, I'm really impressed what we're doing at the Roxy. That's what stands out with me right now. Yeah. Because it's new and I love learning, and especially with this stuff about audio, um, to make everything better on there. Is Roxy's virtually the last thing we're doing up right. uh, out of all the rides. Everything else has been changed uh, in the buildings and with rides now. But, um, but right now, it's definitely the Roxy. I'm yeah. just so keen learning yeah. uh, everything that's going on there and working it out. And, and um, Were you always a curious guy? Like, yeah. Because it yeah. sounds like that seems to be a common theme in your life, that mm. you were curious and then wanted to stay stimulated and get knowledge. Yes. Was that how you were before you even got here? Yes. Yeah. If I latch onto something and I want to learn, I won't give up. I'll just keep going at it, at it till I get it. It could take weeks, it could take months, but that's that's me. Where does I, that come I, from, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Because it's a great trait to have. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It's just just been me. I always have. I won't stop at it until I, I learn it or, or get to know it. If not, and I get really frustrated, I'll, okay, I'll go to someone that knows and say, can you help me with this? I'm stuck. And then they'll give me a hint and yeah. see what I've done. Ah, you go this way. See this? Try that. And then it'll come and went, yes, that's it. I was going to go that way. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. so that's what I, I say to the techs or whoever helps that, me at that, the time. That is the kind of thinking, though, that an innovative mind has. Like, if you don't stay curious and a seeker of knowledge, then there's, there's no innovation. Mm, yes. And I think that trait you've got is obviously traits that people like John Menzies at another yeah. level, level of operation in terms of the business hierarchy have as well or had was that that desire to innovate and to, and to gather knowledge and see yes. how far you can take things. Yes. I say to my kids even now that no one's born smart. No. So I say no. to the kids, yeah. you have to seek knowledge. Yes. And you've got to go out and ask questions and read. That's it, and think, exactly. And think critically, not just react, but think critically and, and seek knowledge. Yes. And then treat the, the mind like a hard drive. You've got to put programs in. Yes, exactly And then update. Right. You've got to do regular updates. Yes, that's it, you regular know? updates, that's it. Yeah, but I've always thought, yeah, don't give up. And if you, if, okay, you get to a point, okay, you can't go any further and you're getting frustrated, getting angry, yeah, go ask someone. That's the way I've always been, yeah. yeah. That's but I won't give up, I'll keep going until I give it a go. At least I say I've tried and I, no, okay, I can't do it. Okay, now I'll go for help and I'll go ask someone. And they, they always go, when I told them all this, when I tried, you're so close, so close. Try this, this, and this. Yeah. And you go, shit, I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then you're happy. Okay, and then away it goes. When you, when you look ahead, it's been 30 years, what, yeah. what, and I think you've already covered it in, in your own way. The thing that still gets you up and gets you out of bed and brings you in here is the desire to keep growing and learning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's one I've been coming in here for the last month just working on the Roxy going there before the public walk and I'll be, um, we'll be testing out audio things and animating this and that doesn't work. Okay, we'll go back and try it again and sort it out and, and then we'll try to get in, in the morning again. Yeah, yeah. that's what, it's just constant now uh, for weeks. And you've, um, you've, it sounds like you've never been bored. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not bored, yeah. that's why it's, it's just good. Learning new stuff, yeah, with audio and visual stuff, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, it's good what's coming out now. Yeah. 
What? How do you think when the day eventually comes? How's a guy like you with a mind like that going to stay stimulated if he's not coming in and doing this? Oh work? no, I don't want to think about it. I don't <laughs> no, neither think do it. I. But, <laughs> but but I often wonder when I look down the, the track myself, what's it going to be like when uh, you don't have to get up and come in? <laughs> I might ask them, can I come back in just for a couple of days a week? Yeah. <laughs> Or can I come in on an annual pass and just yeah, yeah, yeah. walk around and offer some tips? Yeah, advice? tips on it. Yeah, that's what I could do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great thing that you still have a love for it after all these years. Yeah, oh, yeah, I do. It's it's definitely uh, definitely interesting. I'm not bored, uh, that's for sure. But it, it's always learned something new. And obviously so. a lot of fond memories of the characters that have been and gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, little little gizmo from Gremlins. Yeah. He's, he's great to see him back in the park again. We always met the Gremlin adventure. And, and yeah, like I said, you're um, seeing all the, the, the Memphis Bell, you know, the, the girls in the um, Air Force suits and the guys in the bomber jackets. and Yeah, during uh, Hooray for Hollywood, which we're doing right now at Movie World, yeah. which was designed to throwback to all the things that made us yeah, who we were. Yeah, that's great. Because you were there in a golden age, weren't you? Yeah. That was a golden age. Oh, we had so many things happening. We used to have, uh, well, back in those days, we had Hey Hey at Sunday. We had the footy show here. We had shows and, um, yeah, it was just Midday with Ray Martin and Kerry Ann Kennelly. And yeah. We had, had all those guys there. It was just unbelievable. There was just so many things happening. And I think for and, people that are listening that aren't necessarily you know, aware of Movie World, I guess at, in that era... There was no other venue like it. Oh, yes. And it completely stood alone. You know, yes. It's a little more Definitely. of a crowded landscape, landscape now. And, you know, everyone can be entertained with a phone in their hands. Yes. You've got to work a little harder to keep their attention. <laughs> but um, I think you said it best earlier when you said that the joy you get by just watching people react or applaud when they've had a moment. Yeah. And you've helped create the experience with you. Your, your experience, you've helped bring that to it. Yes. Oh, that still is. Every movie, that's what I'm always hoping that you hear a, a little clap or just a woo-woo. And yeah, it, it's still good when they feel like they're part of it. Uh, when you're throwing the seats back or forward and give them a little squirt and all the, all the girls scream, ah! Yeah. And yeah, it's good. It puts a smile on my face. Yeah, that's good. I, I really enjoy that. Well, mate, look, it's been good to sit with you and get some of your journey down. It's, it's, it would be impossible to pack 31 years into 30 no. minutes. <laughs> no, but, too much. But, but uh, thank you for sitting down. Congratulations yeah, my on, pleasure. on three decades. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, your story is completely unique. Uh, in the, the Village Roadshow theme park uh, environment. That's why I was yes. really grateful to sit down with you and get it because uh, you are in a league of your own. And yeah. um, so it's good to get some of those memories captured. And uh, yeah, well, thanks you. for talking to me about it, Michael. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Let, now, let everyone know what it's like to be here all these years and what I've seen and change the technology and, and or change all the. Uh, the park and yeah it's all been good all been good for the park yeah. good on you mate a life well lived and a career well made <laughs> <laughs> good on you mate alright thank you Michael. Thanks, buddy.